This Ucast is brought to you by Singapore International Energy Week and Money FM 89.3 in partnership with Exxon Mobil. Welcome to another Ucast. SU or the Singapore International Energy Week is an annual platform where energy professionals, policymakers and commentators exchange best practices and solutions within the global energy space. I'm your host Michelle Martin and today I'm excited to talk about energy transition with a Singapore listed global player with a strong track record in the renewable space including wind turbine installation vessels, breakthrough floating energy storage and high voltage direct current electrical transmission systems. Mark Gainsborough, chairman of Cetrium, joins me to discuss how a company in the energy and marine solution space can lead the charge towards net zero. Great to speak with you. Thank you for coming by. Great to be here. I always love being in uh, in Singapore and uh, great to be here talking to you. At SU 2023, you mentioned that the path to net zero requires industry players to deliver energy transition at an unprecedented scale. When you look at the offshore marine and energy sector, what do you expect in terms of growth prospects and potential challenges in the near term? Well, I think it's going to be a huge challenge for the industry to deliver the sort of growth that's needed in the energy transition. But that's the sort of challenge that we like in Cetrium because we're used to building big stuff, big scale, lots of innovation behind it. Um, but I think most people, and even very well-informed people, don't understand just how much investment needs to go into the energy system in the coming decades. It's about four to five trillion dollars per annum globally. And a lot of that investment is going to be offshore, in uh, offshore wind, in offshore hydrogen, CCS, in cleaner offshore oil and gas, because we still need oil and gas for the next uh, decades as well. So actually, there's a huge opportunity for companies that are professional, that have great technology, and have a real commitment to helping make the energy transition happen. Given the trends that you've just shared, what are the key aspects that you believe are essential for a successful energy transition towards net zero, especially for the Asian region, which has its own unique challenges? I think one of the one of the challenges is is not you can do a lot of small projects, but that doesn't really move the dot. I mean, we will, we will have small energy infrastructure projects. In fact, a lot of energy infrastructure in the future will be decentralized, distributed. You'll see people even doing putting solar into their own homes, batteries into their own homes. But to be big enough to matter in energy transition, you need to do projects at scale. That's one of the reasons why offshore wind is a very interesting vector for energy transition because offshore wind projects are typically done at very big scale. You're talking about projects that produce gigawatts of electricity uh, and you're going to see more and more of those very large-scale projects happening in many different parts of the world. I mean, one of the things that we're excited about in Cetrium is not only can you build platforms now in an, an offshore wind in shallow waters, you can do it in deeper waters as well. And we're working on the sort of floating structures that will let us do offshore wind at a much bigger scale in the future. How have these factors played into Cetrium's long-term vision for a more sustainable future? And how has it shaped your strategic approach to making this vision a reality? Well, a big, a big part for us is that so sustainability is really at the core of what we do in Cetrium. It's central to our strategy. We know the world needs oil and gas still for the coming decades, so our commitment is to work on cleaner oil and gas, increasingly making sure that our customers in the oil and gas industry can reduce their emissions and that we do more uh, for gas where the CO2 emissions are lower. But increasingly, our business has to be about supporting renewables, it has to be supporting carbon capture and storage, 
uh, new green molecules like uh, hydrogen and ammonia. So we, we'll see a shift of our portfolio into lower carbon solutions. You know, interestingly, if I look at our order book, and we're lucky to have the best order book we've had in 20 years, and already 40% of those are, are classified as green. They're either basically uh, you know, gas projects or they're renewables projects. So I think we're already making great progress, and I'm sure that over time that balance will continue to change because you know, we need to have a very different energy system in the future if we're going to get to net zero carbon emissions. Speaking of your order book, can you talk to us about some of the efforts to not only complement but accelerate the efforts here in Asia when it comes to projects looking towards net zero? Yeah, in, you know, in, uh, when it comes to working in Asia, one of the things I think is going to help a lot is there are a lot of projects that can happen when you start to get the different governments in Asia working together. It was one of the themes that was interesting in, in Singapore International Energy Week was this whole thing about regional interconnectivity and the idea you could have a renewables project in, say, an Indonesia or a Malaysia and you could take some of those electrons into, into Singapore. Because here in Singapore, we have some very specific challenges. It's actually hard for us to decarbonize the power grid because we don't have a lot of space for renewable energy ourselves. So think about how we bring stuff in. And so for a company like Citroen, we want to be part of some of those collaborative projects where you're getting different actors, different stakeholders and different countries to work together to provide much more innovative ways of meeting the challenges we have for secure and low-carbon energy. This UCAST is brought to you by Singapore International Energy Week and Money FM 89.3 in partnership with ExxonMobil. Have there been specific instances where Citrium sustainability projects have had a significant impact on optimizing energy efficiency and reducing the carbon footprint within the offshore marine and energy sectors? And how do these initiatives align with the industry's net zero goals? Yeah, many, many of the projects that we've built, we've very often been able to uh, help our customers to have much more energy efficient uh, offshore uh, uh, structures and devices. Um, you know, we're one of the we're one of the leaders when it comes when when customers want something that's a very complicated solution and a very state of the art. That's what we're good at. I mean, building you know a basic steel structure isn't our thing really. It's about complex integration, putting things together uh, to to provide better solutions. We've done quite a few firsts. We've done one of the first hydrogen powered uh, vessels in Norway, and we're building one of the first ones at the moment in Singapore. Uh, we've done a lot of innovative stuff at the cutting edge of uh, offshore wind, building some of the you know, very, very large-scale HD. Well, it's a bit technical here, but when you've got to convert the power from the wind turbine from AC to DC, and you need huge transformers offshore to do that. So we're, we're busy doing some of that stuff. And we, we have quite a few R&D collaborations as well. I think that – and some of those are public-private partnerships. We work with um, the university at NUS. We have a visiting professorship you know, to look at innovation – we also work with the um, with the center. There's a, a outfit called TCOMS, which is part of NUS. We have a joint program with them. So, so we look at many opportunities to collaborate with other industry partners, with universities, with government, so we can try and develop some of the new technologies that are going to be needed in the energy transition. The role of innovation is so important when we're talking about energy transition, and Citrium is at the forefront of many innovative energy solutions. Can you help us understand how it stays at the lead, at the front of rapidly changing fields of emerging technologies and innovations? Yeah, you know, to be honest, staying at the forefront in a world that's changing so fast is becoming increasingly challenging. 
We have a very, very good technology team uh, in the company that we've nurtured over the years. And we're expanding it a little bit at the moment. So we're thinking of ways of, of broadening our scope. We're doing, we've got a number of companies that are at the forefront of technology actually in Europe. And one of the hotbeds of innovation in the marine decarbonization space is Norway. And we've got three companies who operate there. And we're creating a little bit of almost a little hub of innovation going on in Norway at the moment. Um, and uh, but here you know, we've got a very good team here, and a lot of it is also about working with external parties. So you've got to work with people that are at the cutting edge of, uh, of technology. We we have a lot of capability in the company, though. We've brought people in who really understand deeply some of the technology around offshore wind. We're bringing in more expertise that understands about green hydrogen, green ammonia. That's something even even I, as the chairman, have worked on in my prior life. So I know quite a bit about it. Um, and I think having the right people in the company to to help you connect with the outside world and connect with technology is super, super important. Citrium has set its own bold ESG goals and is working towards achieving 40% of its net order book from renewables and cleaner energy solutions and reducing its greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by 2030. Can we get a brief update on whether or not you're on track to these goals? Well, I think we we think we're pretty well on track. The big goal is that we've set us we haven't yet set ourselves the target, but we will of being net zero probably by 2050. So, and, and many companies are now on that track. Most countries are on that track. So there's an aspiration, and we kind of know that to be in line with the Paris Climate Change Agreement, and that means limiting global warming to less than two degrees. The world has to be net zero by 2050. So I think increasingly. All companies will be under pressure to subscribe to that that goal. To be honest, it's very tough to have a very, very clear pathway right now. Mm-hmm. How you can get all the way there is difficult. So what we're working on at the moment is trying to define better what our targets are going to be by 2030 and make sure we've got a pathway to, uh, to deliver on that. So that's a little bit work in progress. But by the time we publish our sustainability report next year, which normally comes out around April time, I think we'll be able to describe much more how we get on that pathway to net zero. We'll be looking out for April. Mark Gainsborough, chairman of Citrium, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been an exclusive look at Citrium's large-scale sustainability projects, how it is collaborating to accelerate the offshore marine and energy sectors transition to net zero in the region and milestones as it embarks on its own ESG journey. This UCAST is brought to you by Singapore International Energy Week and Money FM 89.3 in partnership with ExxonMobil.